0: The Center for the Arts and Communications, CFAC, Jasper Place Campus, the West End Building, the Great Pumpkin, the Big Block of Cheese. Call it what you will, but for more than three decades, students, staff, and faculty members in McEwen's Fine Arts and Performing programs have called it home. Welcome to Clock Radio. I'm Stephanie Sparks. Memories of a building belong to the people who bring it to life. Over the past year, we've been asking the students, staff, and faculty of today and yesterday to share their memories of this beloved building before it's time to say goodbye. Everyone we spoke with has a favorite spot on campus for former Dean Denise Roy, it's the atrium.
1: Well, because there's wonderful light there. I do often go just stand there because not only is it wonderful and light and everything else, you can look down and you can often see, you know, the latest installation or somebody tap dancing or something. You know what I mean? They give you uh, uh, a vantage point. It's like being on the bridge of a ship.
0: That ship can take a while to find your way around. It's a quirky, bright orange maze of a building full of nooks and crannies and intersecting corridors.
1: For someone unfamiliar with the campus, it's easy to get lost. So my first night on campus, of course you're nervous, you're a new instructor and everything else, and it's a three-hour class in the evening, everybody's tired and whatever. So we have a break at the middle of the class. So I went into the washroom and I turned the wrong way when I came out. (laughs) It was kind of like a bad dream, right? You're like, I'm the teacher, I can't find the classroom. (laughs) And you're trying to be calm, but you're getting more and more and more in a panic. And you're thinking, finally, I heard somebody, I heard a vacuum cleaner. And I thought, okay, well, that's a custodian. They'll know where my room is. So I went up to this person and said, can you take
0: me back? (laughs) I'm so lost. As you get to know the campus, the same qualities that made you get lost slowly morph into endless sources of discovery.
1: Well, every day is a new day. I mean, you never know what you're going to encounter. I mean, the artwork on the walls changes, right? The installations that the students are doing change. The songs that they're singing change. Uh, the instruments they're playing in the stairwells change. I guess for me, that's normal, right? It's normal, but when you go somewhere else and you realize how special it is, you know, because we have a level of activity here that is uh, interesting, you know, always. And there's always something to stop and to look at.
0: Finding new things in these corridors wasn't just novel for Rita Long, a retired instructional assistant of the audiovisual communications program. It was also a source of peace and joy.
2: If I feel any uh, blues and and I have a problem of the day, so I just have to walk through some corridors that have some kind of performance or people practicing and that will help me relax and take the uh, stress off of my work a little bit. So there's lots of walking along corridors and stairways for me when I was here. And uh, our corridors that st- music students, especially on the uh, north uh, side of the campus, that uh, they go high because of the acoustic in the stairway. So they practice the guitar, the xylophone, and whatever I- instrument they can carry into the uh, stairways. So you always hear people, la-la-la-la-la, la 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 So I thought, oh, that's neat. <laughs> so there's different corridors, give you different views of what kind of people are um, uh, using those uh, spaces for. Sometimes,
0: all you wanted was a quiet place to practice. A number of people we spoke with have fond memories of the soundproof practice booths, called wangers, that lined the halls of CFAC. Here's musician and vocal performance diploma alum, Colleen Brown.
3: The wangers are these soundproofed little cubicles with a piano in it, and they, they smell a little bit musty because of the
4: old carpet in there. They have, um, like, a lot of different pianos, but there were a
3: couple of different pianos that I really... I just connected to the sound, and I would turn off the lights in the room, and uh, I felt like I was un- just in my own world in those spaces. And that was one of the best things to be able to do because you're surrounded by people in all the common areas and everybody has some sort of project on the go. So, like, in one corner of the room um, in the common area, you'll see somebody stretching. In another corner of the room, they'll be, like, working on their tap dance moves. And in another corner, somebody's, like, figuring out backup vocals. There's, like, five people <laughs> singing some kind of acapella jazz thing it can be total cacophony and chaos in the common areas which is part of what was so inspiring that clashing of different um inspirations and projects but to be able to just go into a wanger and play piano for hours and hours and not be bothered by anyone and have that sensory deprivation to some extent um that was super valuable. I think I became, a, I know I became a way better piano player just because that was a safe space for me and I had all the time in the world really just to work on songs. That was my whole reason for being there was to to just totally immerse myself in my songwriting and in learning more about technique and Music history and becoming a better musician, that's a real gift to be able to spend your whole time, all of your waking hours doing that.
0: Colleen isn't alone. The Wangers are also a special memory for theater arts alumna Bridget Ryan. I think the Wangers
5: are amazing as a performer on any level. If it was vocal arts, music, uh, even theater, people, just the, the idea of them and being able to walk down a hallway where everyone was being used and you could see people in there like, you know, trios jammed in there or even quartets jammed in there or singing lessons going in there. Sometimes in a busy
0: and energetic campus, it's about laying claim to your favorite spot. For Bachelor of Applied Communications in Professional Writing alumna, Katie Woodfine, it was an open area on the second floor.
5: I had a couple favorite spots. Um, One favorite spot, it was on the second floor. It was just sort of in one of the areas that was completely open. Um, so the there, there was no ceiling so to speak. Um, it went all the way up to the the glass ceiling I suppose you would call it. Um, and there was just a seating area and people from our program would sort of hang out there after class. There weren't a lot of high buzz areas. Our, our program tended to attract people who were uh, a little on the quieter and more reserved side and so you know the fact that we had this spot where we could hang out and everybody felt comfortable and you just knew there was always going to be somebody there. You know, it it looked pretty generic but that was our
0: spot. As theatre production alumna Heather Thorleafson tells us, sometimes when you find your favourite haunt, you never want to leave it. Another very memorable moment came literally in the middle of the night.
6: I was doing a paint call, um, which you do overnight so that everything's dry for rehearsal the next day. And I was painting set pieces on the stage of the main theater and everybody else was down in the lab theater working and I saw the ghost because the har theater has a ghost and it was very weird and then you know obviously whoa I just saw something weird and then I went downstairs on break and I said I saw something I think I think I saw a ghost in the theater and the the monitor or the Supervisor looks at me and goes, white jacket, front row. And I'm like, yes, I didn't tell you that. She goes, everybody sees him. And this has been going on since the building opened, pretty much. There's a man in a white jacket who comes in and sits down in the front row. And he's not scary and he's not, you know, you don't get a bad vibe from him. It's just... Man in a white jacket comes in and sits in the front row.
0: Haunted or not, these seemingly normal gathering places were where lasting friendships and relationships were forged and where staff like Doreen Peel took a crack in making the world a better place. We used to have
4: the most wonderful coffee coffee clutches, where there was, a, <laughs> with my colleagues, we'd meet in the, meet in the lobby of the Har Theatre every day at 10 o'clock, and we had the most wonderful coffee breaks where we solved the problems of the world, where we forged deep and meaningful relationships, and where we, um, we were able to be good citizens of the world, <laughs> talking very altruistically here, doing jobs that we loved and serving the needs of students and, and building this collegiality that uh, um, that I will have in my heart for the rest of my life. When a building has been around long enough, things tend
0: to change both inside and out, including the favourite hangout of theatre production alum Scott Peters.
7: Well, theatre production had a really great thing that no other faculty had, and it existed up until about five years ago, and it was called Homeroom. Theatre production had a whole room to ourselves. There was nothing but couches and, and lounge chairs and tables, and, and people would sleep there and eat there and hang there and work there. And So if you were in theatre production up until about five years ago, that was it.
0: Other changes were less about space and more about keeping up with the times. Scott remembers a much different CFAC in the 1980s. I just
7: remember as a student, you could smoke everywhere. There would be people hanging out here smoking like crazy. You could just sit in the halls and smoke. That's one of the biggest things I remember and a lot less security back then in meaning that we could stay in the building 24 hours if we wanted. Being in theater we literally would work all night long in the theater.
0: Chandel Rimmer, assistant professor in the Department of Music, also remembers a time when rules were a little more loose.
6: I mean, as a student, I remember certain places that we'd have concerts in the cafeteria. We used to have what we call coffee houses, which were concerts, and we'd set up tables and we'd brew coffee and have little tea lights on the tables.
0: Change may seem inevitable, but that's not always the case. Sometimes it's wholeheartedly rejected like when a plan emerged to repaint the distinctly orange interior of the building. Denise and Doreen tell the story.
1: It is a very good example of the architecture of that time. Right? Mm-hmm. And what was being explored and the colors that were being used. And, you know, some people go, oh God, orange, you know, it's outdated. So this is maybe 10 years. I, I don't know how long it I mean, A while ago. Anyways, so somebody had said, Well, you know, the CFAC campus, it's getting a little bit outdated, you know, time for a refresh and easy paint. So we show up one day, you know. I mean, maybe somebody knew it was happening. I certainly didn't. We show up, and here are people with paintbrushes, and they're starting to paint over uh, some of the orange on the stairwells and everything else. Wow, people went nuts, right? Because I mean, in design terms, the color is indistinguishable from the, from the design of the building, right? It's part of the design. It's not just some afterthought.
4: One day we all arrived and somebody was, was painting the building and they were painting it in sort of neutral, beigey colors, and so they were shut down because all of us who love this building and have been here many years said, no, this is the orange building. So a uh, committee was struck to uh, shut down uh, the painting, the beige painting, and to make sure that the uh, mm-hmm. building was returned to its, uh, I would call it architectural integrity, which is orange. <laughs> that was the end of it. and they repainted, but they refreshed it, but they kept the original colors. What I always think about about this building and my affection for it is that orangeness, that dynamism, that brightness, that uniqueness. and how, when somebody tried to change that, collectively, everybody in this building said, no, this is who we are. We're the orange building, so don't change it. And I think that was also a um, manifestation of the people in this building, and it's about aesthetics, and it's about artistic integrity. And every day, people are working to maintain that and to teach that to students. So that filtered down to the color of the building and what it was meant to be, and what that aesthetic represented. So that's a that's a favorite memory when I think of my experience in this building. Mischief is also part of the building's history.
0: When you have a community of young artists, there are bound to be some shenanigans. Caleb Caswell, a grad of the music and professional writing programs, shared one particular memory of his friend Lloyd.
8: In the arts campus, you would always have fine art students putting up um, different art projects around the bottom floor. They were always really weird, and at one point. These were all over the bottom floor, and Lloyd goes outside, and there was a Sobies that's right by, or an IGA actually, uh, that's right by the campus with a couple of shopping carts, and it's a pretty rough neighborhood. So you see these shopping carts kind of dragged all over the street and just beat up. So Lloyd goes and he finds in the parking lot this beat to garbage shopping cart, and he gets an idea and he rolls it from the parking lot across the street, up the sidewalk, up the stairs to the top floor of the McEwen campus, into the building, down the elevator uh, that the percussion students use to get percussion instruments, up to the theater on the top floor. And he puts it in the middle of the drum wangers, and he writes on a little note. He doesn't even make up an art project name. He doesn't even make up a fake student name. He just writes on a note, art project, do not move. And puts it on this beat-up shopping cart in the middle of the drum wangers. And I think it stayed there for four months before the janitorial staff ended up shifting it.
0: It's not the only time that Denise remembers not being quite sure if what she was seeing was an art installation.
1: I mean, one of the things that, that I always uh, kind of laugh about this campus, particularly when the fine art students start doing their installations, you sometimes have to stop and ask yourself, actually, I've been in this position a number of times, is this an artwork... Or are they just cleaning out boxes?
0: Sometimes the shenanigans
2: were part of the classwork, as Rita discovered one day. I was in uh, my office, uh, working away, and suddenly I heard this slapping sound. And people slapping each other, and they're screaming at each other. And I said, oh, that's not good. And I don't like people getting uh, in any physical fights. So I went out to intervene. I said, come on, and um, this is not the way to uh, behave. And I sort of said, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I said, what? Oh, we're just practicing our lines. <laughs> so they were in the, the living line for the plate they are practicing. So next time, if I hear something different, I'll stand and watch and make sure they are actually fighting and not practicing. Sometimes things
0: really do go wrong, really wrong. Scott remembers a near miss in the theatre production workshop.
7: I remember we got the fire department here once, almost burnt down the shop, welding in the wood shop. But it was back, the, the shop that is a shop now was a gymnasium, and so our shop was very tiny. We oh, would build these massive shows in, in what is now the paint shop. So that used to be the only shop, the one and only shop. We would have to build everything, and so we were welding in there one day. Yeah, Spark got into a garbage can, and there's no damage or anything but frightening any few moments
0: it's hard to put your finger on but there's definitely a quality that made cfac feel like home to so many over the years maybe it's about being around other young artists people like you isolated together in the west end of the city katie remembers the first time she felt at home
5: there's a song guess, by the weekend it's called sounds familiar the lyrics sort of talk a little bit about um You know what it's like to be a child or a kid and then you know when you become an adult things are not necessarily always that different and it's a song that I just I I really really loved and I I found this particular lyric that you know was to the effect of what I just described and I thought I'm gonna I'm just gonna put this here maybe this like cool little lyric this little quote will resonate with somebody or it will you know make somebody's day or whatever and so there were at the time bulletin boards posted all around the building and uh and so i just yeah i wrote on a small piece of paper this lyric from the song and i i stuck it on there and i I was kind of keeping my eye on it because i'm like i wonder if anybody's taking it down or whatever And the next day, somebody had added to the lyrics. They wrote the next couple of lines. And I just thought, only here would that ever happen. I mean, not that people don't know this band or know this song, but it's a little bit more obscure, a little bit off the beaten track. Like, you definitely weren't hearing this song on the radio at the time. I don't know, I guess just that somebody within that short amount of time, like within a a 24-hour time span, that somebody not only who knew it would see it, but who would know the next lines of the song so well that they were able to write it in. These are, these are my people here. These are the the people that I
0: should be with. The campus has developed an amazing community and Bridget thinks she knows why.
5: Because we were so outside of the, (laughs) the city almost, it was like at the end of Stony Plain Road and You know, you had to pass a certain amount of pawn shops to get here, and it was this beacon of glowing orange. And once you got into it, you understood that, yeah, the color glows, but then what was happening in here was also really special.
0: We asked Colleen what she'll miss most about the building. The smell of it, I've walked in a couple of times. I know it's a
3: little bit strange, but I guess the sense of smell is directly connected to our memories. So every time I walk in there, the smell of it just takes me immediately back to that time. And... Um, I am kind of sad to see it go, but I understand the necessity of having a new space and having the top facilities. The music industry has changed so drastically in the last 10 years that it really does need an upgrade to keep up with the skills necessary for a music career, and I'm glad that there will be more students down the line that get the opportunity to have the best, facilities possible. So I have mixed emotions about it. But that was the space for me at that time, and I'll always remember it as a a
0: musical home. It will be exciting to see the creative community that has developed at CFAC flourish in its new home. After all, buildings don't make memories. The people who live and work and play in them do. But as the move downtown approaches, Assistant Professor Raymond Burrill from the Department of Music can't help but feel bittersweet about leaving one home and moving into a new one.
7: So
8: absolutely I'm looking forward to going downtown. But at the same token, there's a lot of, lot of memories in here that, you know, you know, what this building has created it's created its own sort of personality. And that personalities get created over a period of time and so it will have to find its personality and, and that'll be totally cool but you know 35 years in this building it's it's developed that.
0: Chandel knows it's going to be hard to say goodbye. It was funny the very first week of school
6: here students were talking about well this is our last this this is our last time I'll do this and they were talking about that this is the last time that I will do something ever in this building or this particular activity and I don't, I don't know how to respond to that because I don't, I don't want to be sentimental. I, you know, I, I sort of look forward and move on. But I'm sure be, it'll be hard to walk out that last day knowing that
1: I won't come back here.
0: For Denise, the future is bright and full of opportunity. I am so
1: thrilled that the city has bought it because the building itself is going to stay. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to remain quite an interesting vital space. A building, it's a physical space. But uh, the memories, of course, are more about the people, right? That you knew and the people that inhabited that space and the things that happened. I, I think the, the architecture and the, um, the color and all of that of this building, it supports that, right? Uh, and I know our new building downtown will do that as well. But we will take the people and that spirit and everything else. Of course, it's great, I think, is you know to be part of downtown.
0: We asked Alan Gilliland, the new dean of the Faculty of Fine Arts and Communications, how he plans to preserve the spirit of the old building as we move into the new.
9: That's the big, uh, do we have the same vibe in the new building when we move there? I get the feeling from that building that it's going to happen. Like, I really do. I do feel like the building that's being... Designed invites the same kind of energy as the as the building we're in. I mean, even though we're connected with a Pedway, we're still mm-hmm. our own building, and it'll have our own identity and it'll have its own energy. How it'll play out is completely up to students, like how where they decide to set up and where they decide to hang out. But we did very much consciously build the, those kind of communal areas into the building.
0: The new building will bring more options, and not just for our FBAC students. It's going to transform
9: the rest of the university, but it's going to more profoundly transform us, because we've always been, we've always enjoyed the isolation over here, that's okay, like, that was never a bad thing for me, but it sure limited that flow between other programs. So all those electives now are completely available, and that suddenly opens up a whole lot more things that students can do that are, that they're more interested.
0: We asked Denise to share a bit of parting wisdom with the first students to occupy our newest building.
1: It's to bring the spirit of community along with them where people know people, people collaborate, people support each other. Yeah well and I know they will it's not it's not a message that I have any doubt uh, that people will do.
0: Clock Radio is a production of McEwan University. Special thanks to all of our interviewees. Alumnus Doug Hoyer wrote the theme music. The episode was produced by Tyler Butler. There are so many memories that our community wanted to share with us. For more stories, photos, and history of CFAC, please visit mckeon.ca slash cfacmemories. Thank you so much for listening to Clock Radio this school year. We'll be back in September with new episodes.